Late Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring the one, the only Peter Cohen, and he's raring to go. We had a little pre-interview chat, and he's fired and ready. A little bit later, also fired and ready, will be Josh Centers, managing editor of Tidbits. So the excitement never ends. Let's hope it begins right now on the Tech Night Out Live. So Peter, I understand that you're fired up You're raring to go. Let's go. Well, here's what's happening. As most of you know, on the 4th of June, the Worldwide Developers Conference opens, and Apple will have its keynote address and introduce new products. You might hear this show after that. So you might conclude that we are either fools for not knowing what's going on, or we got it right, or perhaps somewhere in the middle. How do your predictions normally go, Peter? Eh... I'm I'm not, you know, the amazing Kreskin, that's for sure. Well, if we understand things, he's not the amazing Kreskin either. He's just pulling wool over our eyes and giving cold readings. Well, then I guess on that basis, I'm the amazing Kreskin. That's amazing. Okay. Just this morning, I'm reading the chatter. Looks like they're going to be new Mac notebooks. Another one says, looks like there won't be new Mac notebooks. They can't be both right. Or maybe Apple will introduce some new ones and leave others to later. What do you think? Well, you know, it's always kind of hit or miss when you you start guessing what kind of hardware predictions they're going to make at WWDC. Because Apple has gone years where it's made very few, if any, hardware announcements whatsoever. And other years, it's been very bountiful on the hardware end. Uh, My impression is that we're going to get new uh, Mac hardware, but not this event. Uh, You know, the... Apple is definitely going to refresh uh, its top-selling Mac laptop or top-selling Mac models, its laptops later this year. But I, I don't think that that's going to be announced uh, next week. Uh, I wouldn't go to the mat on it, but I, I doubt it. My impression is that Apple is going to focus this WWDC on improvements to software and improvements to you know changes in, in how software is made. Uh, more than really focusing on a lot of like flashbang, big announcement, big product news type things. Now, let's recap here what happened last year, because it means nothing as to what's going to happen this year. We know we have the new operating systems, iOS, Mac OS, watch OS, TV OS, or whatever else might come in the future. Maybe the OS OS that works on everything. But all seriousness aside... Last year, they introduced new MacBooks, new MacBook Pros, a very slight refresh for the MacBook Air, nothing for the Mac Mini, no further announcements about the Mac Pro, but the iMac Pro and the regular iMacs. You know, plenty of good stuff. Yeah, the iMac Pro was introduced. So last year was very heavy as these things go for uh, WWDC's hardware show. And oftentimes, Apple will flip that on its head the following year and do few, if any, hardware announcements at all. Maybe a refresh here or there, but nothing dramatic. Now, there are things we'd like to see, maybe because Apple keeps spreading the love. They just adore this machine, the Mac Mini, which has not been touched since 2014, where it had an absolutely pathetic update. I won't repeat that here because you listeners have heard before. So maybe they can introduce something like that. That would be maybe 
out of left field. Maybe if there's going to be a new Mac Pro early in 2019, they do a launch demonstration. This is what we're working on. It'll ship early in 2019. Possible? Yeah. Sure, absolutely. And we already know that Apple's got new hardware in the pipeline for 2019 because, first of all, it iterates hardware every year anyway. But 2019 is when we're expecting to see a new Mac Pro. So uh, we already know that that's on the horizon. I don't think that we're going to get a glimpse of it this year. Although Apple did use WWDC last year to show off the iMac Pro, which started shipping later that year. So you know, will history repeat itself? Well, we'll find out. By the time you're listening to this, I'm sure that I'll look like an idiot one way or the other. Just join the club, my friend, because we've <laughs> all fallen into that trap of looking like an idiot. But we're not idiots. We're, we're good but people. Some of us are good people. Someone said that. Gene, let's talk a little bit about Mac hardware in particular, though, because, you know, it's always a nice thing or it's always a fun thing to ruminate on. And let's face it, you and I, I think at heart, you know, as much as we've adopted the the the, the mobile products and iOS as a necessary and functional part of our lives, I think you and I are, are old school Mac people that really love that platform. Am I right? Well, you're old school. I am extremely old school. How's that? Well, I was using Macs in 1980s, obviously, you know, not long after they first came out. Well, that's what I'm talking about. My first Mac, I had my my first Mac in 1985. So you you and I are old school Mac users is what I'm saying. And we're fans of the platform. That's right. So we're talking about about 33 years. Yeah, we're talking about more than 30 years. It's incredible, isn't it? I'll tell you something. I've been using a Mac more than I've had a son. (laughs) You know what? I can say I can easily say the same. How old are your kids? My oldest is in his 20s. And uh, when he was a baby, he used to bounce on my lap and uh, play uh, like jumpstart toddler type games and uh, also old RPGs, which he really developed a lot of love for as well and uh, played on his own computer once he got one of his own. But yeah, we've. I really kind of grew up in front of a computer myself, you know, because I had PCs from the time I was I, I was like 11 or 12 years old. Uh, but the Mac was a game changer for me. Um, I, uh, I I came to it because I was doing I was I was actually using a, a little basic program that I'd written on my TI computer. I had a TI 994A. Um, that's uh, Texas Instruments, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. At one time, you know, one of the 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 defining personal computers of its age. Briefly before it turned into junk. Anyway, for an uh, hour. Right, exactly. But I had learned uh, enough basic and enough stuff to be able to program bitmaps uh, on the screen. Um, And the way that I was doing it was kind of convoluted, but I could make pictures um, after a fashion using code that I'd written in basic myself. Um, So I was drawing pictures of spaceships and uh, spaceships and spaceships because I had a one-track mind. And also I played a lot of video games. So I wanted it to look like the way that I saw video games or the way that I wanted to see video games. And then one day at a computer fair in 84, I saw a Mac running Mac paint and that kind of changed everything for me. You know, it does not happen that often that we're really faced with these major shifts in how we use technology. Would you agree? Always. You know, sometimes the pace of it can be really exhausting, I think, right? You know, because uh, uh, you pick up a new phone that's running an operating system that's unfamiliar to you, whether it's iPhone or Android or 
maybe something else entirely. And you, you, you get the sense of cognitive dissonance, right? Like, this should be easy for me to use because I'm used to using the other thing. But it isn't. Well, I think of it this way. Take an iPhone 10 without the home button and getting used to the new gestures. I think that takes a little bit of time having played with it some. I don't have an iPhone 10, folks. Donations are welcome. But yeah, I see the point there where Apple changes something. Now, the original iPhone, I had very little problem dealing with because I'd been so used to dealing with regular feature phones that were impossible to do simple things on that now that it was possible, I took to it. But as they add more and more subtle gestures, doing this instead of that, finding every which way to twist your fingers, swipe here, swipe there, touch here, that tends to make it more confusing. Yeah, well, feature bloat, you know, is, is a constant problem, right? Well, I'll tell you that. Um, whereas the Mac, I don't see the feature bloat near as much. By the way, we have a special version of the show for those of you who want to help us out and really prosper. It's called Tech Night Owl Plus. Gives you a version with better quality and no network commercials. Check plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. We've got our favorite curmudgeon here, the one and only Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. I tried other brands, but I came back to my sunshine. For the best hot or cold pain relief, get the best. Get a Sunny Bay heating pad. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck or back or shoulder. And the best relief for that pain is a Sunny Bay heating pad. Did you know that the American College of Physicians said that one of the best ways to treat muscle pain is heat therapy? Sunny Bay heating pads are handmade with high quality, can be used at home or at work, and have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Why take another pill? Many people use our Sunny Bay heating pads alone and got rid of the neck pain. Long distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body. Our homegrown small business tries to help people just like us. That's why we design and test our handmade products with great care before we introduce them to the public. You can easily find Sunny Bay heating pads on Amazon. Just go to Amazon.com and search for Sunny Bay heating pads. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, 
There's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So we're continuing here trying to sleuth out or something what's going to happen at worldwide developers conference obviously the software but we were thinking in terms of what kind of hardware and as i was saying i see feature bloat in iphones no doubt other smartphones on the mac you know yeah there's a direct line more or less from the original mac to now but i don't see it being as foolishly different what I think is funny is going back to, uh, you, you know, now, nowadays Macs are powerful enough that you could run anything in emulation that you want to. So to kind of trick myself into remembering uh, what I thought I remembered, I got a, uh, a TI-994A emulator running on my Mac so I could run TI Basic and, you know, step through what I used to do, which was a lot of fun to do. But I do the same with a Mac. You know, I've got VMAC, a, a Mac emulator running on my Mac and have set up a virtual Macintosh that's got a virtual 20 megabyte hard drive with all of the application software that I used to use. When I really was sort of at a, a a creative peak zenith with my with my Mac, you know, doing writing and stuff like that back in the early days, uh, and it was a, a system like 608 image running uh, my favorite word processor of all time right now, um, and I used to just write pages and pages and pages of stuff uh, using that setup. I, I, it was a very productive system for me. And I realized that this feature that has been creeping into text editors and word processors over the last few years called Focus, 
is exactly the way that the operating system used to work pre-multifinder. You know, now th- this isn't going to make sense to you unless you're a very old uh, Mac user, but t- to what I was saying in my previous segment, back in the classic Mac OS days, there was a time when when every application would only run modally. You could only have one application open and running and really paid attention to by the operating system at a time. Eventually, Apple multi-threaded the, the, the Finder and enabled the multi-finder uh, so you could do that. You know, it, it was a very primitive system, but it was also very good to f- be able to focus on one task that you needed to do at any given time. Now, these apps, uh, like uh, the text editor that I use, has this focus feature that drops that page into your window to the exclusion of anything else. So this operating system limitation is now added as a feature in modern application software. I just think it's funny and ironic and uh, cosmically hilarious. Well, there are times you need that focus. That's why we have like a full screen mode, because you want to be able to focus on one screen, one thing at a time. And even if 27 other things are running in the background, you don't want to see them. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so it's it's just interesting, though, how, you know, a, a limitation or a bug can become a feature over time. An, an interesting example of uh, of feature evolution, I guess. So let's get back to uh, WWDC. You know, in addition to uh, uh, to Mac stuff and, you know, the obligatory iterative updates to uh, the various operating system stuff, what else really seems exciting to you? I'm not really sure. Uh, that there are a lot of big features that I've seen mentioned um, as 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 being possible for next week that that really interest me too much outside of an overall tightening of the overall experience. And that's really what I was getting to when I was talking about feature creep and uh, bloat and stuff like that. You know, one of the big problems that I think that we saw last year was that Apple kind of overextended itself a little bit and the seams were showing. The seams were showing between stability issues on both platforms. The, the, the seams were showing uh, with regards to interoperability between iOS and macOS and services as, as well. So there was a lot of room for, for improvement that Apple sort of left waiting last year. Now, new operating system updates are always kind of a tough transition because there are a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of code. There's millions of lines of code. And there are different, obviously, different priorities within the organization affecting what is being paid attention to and what isn't being paid attention to. But one of the hallmarks, I think, that most people will agree with last year was those seams that I'm talking about, that you know, lack of smoothness, um, that lack of of elegance and sophistication and surprise that we're supposed to be getting from Apple, you know, the uh, the intersection of uh, liberal arts and technology and all that other high level stuff. We got to have that high level stuff. But there are reports in relation to what you said that Apple may have decided to put off some features until next year and concentrate on fewer features and fixing up the cruft, smoothing the edges, giving it a shave and haircut. Yeah, baby, that's what I'm talking about. You know, remember Snow Leopard? Remember how rough that transition from 10.4 Tiger uh, to 10.5 Leopard was? And remember Snow Leopard? Again, you know, pulling back uh, those who, who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. So let's look in our, uh, our Wayback Machine uh, and dial it back to Snow Leopard. It's the exact same thing. You know, Apple needs those down years every once in a while to tighten up the ship a little bit and get things... Uh, going right and in contrast remember that's what microsoft is doing with windows basically which is as a windows 10 
and it gets periodic updates. There's no Windows 11. With Android, it doesn't matter what they put in there because most people will never get to use it. Yeah, but I mean, have you really dealt with those Windows updates, you know, in a meaningful way? They are a P-I-T-A because every week you're getting new stuff dumped into your system and, you know, having it changed and reconfigured and so on. It gets to be a bit much, a bit quick. So nothing against Microsoft. They're doing a good job. And they said that Windows 10 was going to be the last major release of Windows, meaning they were just going to iterate it from here on out. So I'm glad to see them sticking to their guns, but uh, too much of a good thing, guys. Well, Patch Tuesday, Apple doesn't release updates every day. Now, as we speak, their published reports that Apple basically is beta testing two versions of macOS updates. So, for example, they've been doing several betas of 10.13.5, not released yet, maybe in the next day or so. But there's also a 10.13.6. Well, of course there is. You know, Apple should be constantly iterating and updating at any given time for any of its operating system, at least, you know, if nothing else. Uh, to smooth over security issues, zero-day exploits, and other stuff that's going to come up. You know, that's a necessary part of functioning in today's ecosystem if you expect to have a machine that's going to be working effectively and secure and what you need. Obviously, whether or not you actually stick to whatever schedule Apple uh, offers is a different question entirely. But yeah, you know, 10.13.5, 10.13.6, you know, 10.14 betas pretty soon. It's uh, the circle of life, man. Indeed. We'll have to see what 10.13.6 brings. Now, last year, when 10.13 came out, Apple rolled in the Apple filing system, APFS. It had already done that on all their other stuff, their mobile devices, and nobody noticed. With the Mac and all the thousands of configurations for storage, it was more complicated. So the new file system, you know, more robust system-level encryption, all the good stuff, more resilience from directory mistakes and errors and such. And then they couldn't support the Fusion Drive, which is what a lot of iMacs have. And that's where you have a small solid-state drive, a big hard drive, and you throw off all the files that are going to be used more recently or frequently, go to the smaller solid-state drive. We'll get into more of that in our next segment on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We call it the crapper, water closet, outhouse, or bathroom. But where do you go when there's nowhere to go? The answer is the Biffy Bag. The Biffy Bag is a pocket-sized disposable toilet that fits in your glove box, tackle box, toolbox, backpack, or purse. The Biffy Bag has everything you need for a sanitary and comfortable relief experience. It's ready to use in just seconds, and just toss it in the trash when you're done. It's your Biffy in a Jiffy. BiffyBag.com. B-I-F-F-Y-B-A-G.com. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine Tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals. Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. Hey folks, Tom D. for ParanormalDate.com. 
Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual, and this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio you heard right proactive md plus free shipping and a free gift the new charcoal pore cleansing brush you'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back call now 1-800-583-8662 that's 1-800-583-8662 or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio again go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. So Apple Filing System, APFS. You wouldn't notice it, I guess, except if, obviously, your hard drive runs more reliably. Not, of course, mechanical errors, things that cause the drive to fail. That's going to happen anyway. But the Fusion Drive, Apple pulls support before release. And Craig Federighi, the software guy, says, we will address this for the Fusion Drive in a future release. As we do this show, it's being broadcast on the 2nd of June. Hasn't arrived yet. And then Craig yeah, Federighi says, 
It's coming soon. So I guess it's going to be with 1014. We'll see. Yeah, I guess. It's actually going to be you know, 1017. It, you know, it's it, it it's it's a year overdue at this point. So you know, what was squatter get off the podcast? Look, APFS was a necessary change for Apple, right? I mean, APFS wasn't about reliability at all when it comes to hard drive operations or storage operation. APFS had everything to do with scalability because Apple has switched over predominantly. The vast, vast majority of the devices that run uh, a, an Apple file system are solid state devices, right? That that those are all the iPhones, those are all the iPads, those are all the Macs that have come out in the past couple of years, with the exception of the Fusion Drive Macs, are solid state devices, right? So the vast majority of Apple devices has already made this change over, and they needed a more scalable file file system because the file system that had been developed to run before was designed specifically for older media types like floppy disks and hard disk drives. It, it just wasn't scalable to the amount of addressable space that a lot of devices that are coming out now and will be coming out in the future uh, need. So um, with 32-bit operating systems and 64-bit operating systems and so on. So Apple had to update its file system. And APFS, you know, has been a fairly successful. It was a little bit of a tough transition at first on the Mac, but it actually went, I thought, surprisingly well. Macs that were able to do the APFS conversion on day one when High Sierra was released converted, and the vast majority of them converted with no problem whatsoever. I know I made that change on my own uh, circa 2016 Retina MacBook Pro, my 15-inch, and it, it's been just fine ever since. And it cooperates just fine with devices that are still running the older file system with no problem, and it still works with Time Machine and everything else. So that transition itself has been really unspectacular in terms of any kind of like major issues. There have been a couple here and there, but it's been pretty cool. But this APFS conversion thing to Fusion Drives is a sticking point for iMac users, for example, who have such devices. And, you know, it's it's been kind of a sore point. Now, Apple has, you know, left this stuff on the table before and just not dealt with it. It's weird. The thing is, though, APFS, regardless of whether your computer is running APFS or not, your Mac is still working just fine. You know, the question is paving the way for the future now into an APFS-only future. Apple obviously has to get um, those machines brought up to speed because they're not legacy machines. They're not going to be uh, left behind. Uh, they're still very current uh, models. Current models are running Fusion Drives that you buy from from Apple now. So it's it's an issue that Apple needs to address, and it is sorely overdue. Well, there'll come a time, maybe a couple of years from now, everything will be solid-state drive affordable. But right now, you want to update, like, an iMac with a solid-state drive, it's $1,400. Now, to give you a comparison, you could buy a solid-state drive for the current iMac, the regular iMac, for about 700 and change from other world computing. Now, I assure you, it's a com very comparable drive. The problem is here, the <laughs> thing you got to do to install it on recent iMacs because of the fact that they gave up suction cups to make it thinner, to open it. Now they have an adhesive tape. 
that's on the side, the, the edges. And you've got to remove that adhesive tape. And Apple sells for $19.99, believe it or not, to service dealers, the replacement adhesive. It's a process. It takes, what, an hour and a half or so to take it off, replace the drive, put it on. So if you want to update the drive from Fusion to solid state, it's sort of affordable. $717, I think, was the price for two terabytes and maybe three and change for one. It's not bad. It's going to be less. The issue here is I don't want to do that if I wanted to update my drive. But I called a local dealer, not Apple. Apple won't do it, but independent third-party dealers, authorized resellers will do it. And somebody quoted me over $450 to replace that drive. And I asked them, $450? What are we talking about here? Well, they'll back up and they'll restore for you $200. You really need that. You do it yourself. They sell you two adapters from other world computing that they supply in their own drives. But I, I guess they figure you just buy a generic solid state drive. They'll sell that for $59 or $60. Then the $19.99 adhesive replacement from Apple, real adhesive, Apple adhesive, and $150 for the actual labor, which kind of makes sense. What, $75 an hour, something like that? And why did Apple do that, by the way? Using adhesive for a large desktop computer to hold the screen to the chassis so you can't easily upgrade it. Well, we've talked about this before, Gene. The bottom line is that uh, very, very few customers uh, who buy Macintoshes ever open them. That's a statement of fact from Apple um, when you ask them why their machines are not upgradable. Um, It's the low single digits or something. Right, exactly. So you are an extremely fringe case, and I'm sorry to say it. (laughs) Yes! But uh, you are an extremely fringe case, my friend. So, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is most of the people buying these machines either don't care or get it pre-configured um, at, at the point of manufacture uh, the way that they want. And, you know, people who do come back years later and say, oh, you know, I prefer to do this, that or the other thing with my computer, um, you know, are... Uh, very few and far between, you know, I, I say this as somebody who used to sell these Macs, you know, I, I used to um, have this conversation with, with customers and, you know, especially for uh, let's say a computer that you might've paid less than $2,000 for. So, you know, a mid range or uh, low range Mac laptop of any stripe, you know, and even the, 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 the base model 15 uh, inch MacBook pro, which is Apple's premier system. You know, and you, you, you tell them, okay, it's going to cost you, you know, out of warranty, uh, five or six hundred dollars, or four or five hundred dollars, or three or four hundred dollars, whatever it is that you're doing, uh, to fix this. It's not going to extend your warranty. It's not going to change any of the other operational characteristics of the device. So if you've noticed that, you know, the screen is screwed up, for example, or your USB ports aren't working right. It's not going to fix any of that. And a lot of customers look at that and say, you know what, that's just throwing good money after bad. Why should I do that? You know, forget it. I'll replace the machine. I'll get a new warranty. It'll be faster. It'll be up to date. It'll be this year's model and I'll be done with it. So it's a very, it's a very easy thing to convince even people who are motivated to ask about it out of once you actually explain to them um, the, the dollars and cents of it. And look, everybody's got to get paid. You know, the, the, the parts vendor has got to get paid. The uh, person who's putting the machine together for you has got to uh, get paid for their labor. 
Um, and uh, genuine Apple parts are only available through uh, the genuine Apple uh, reseller system, which means you're paying a premium both for their time and for the parts. You know, it, in, in those cases, it's very easy to talk to talk somebody into just buying a new uh, a, a new system. And this fact isn't lost on Apple. So when they do things like put adhesives on screens uh, to keep them in place on the iMac, it's got everything to do with their design tolerances and expectations of how these machines are getting serviced. And with the understanding that only people who are authorized to do this, who are techs at Apple retail stores, have very specialized equipment that enable them to get in and out of those machines much faster than the average person. And the key here, of course, is reliability. And we'll get into more of that in a moment. Peter Cohen, Gene Steinberg, The Tech Night Now Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. $39.95 and free economy shipping. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your Bug Assault today. 
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap, even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed; it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So as we're saying here, if that computer will rarely, if ever, be open. That's one point of reliability that's fixed. If there are no movable slots and things for extra drives, that's one thing that's going to be fixed. You know, if you eliminate the drive to a single circuit board or something, that's one point of reliability that no longer exists, means the computer lasts longer. So once you get it, you can keep it. Not to say that there aren't people out there with 2009, 27-inch iMacs not still using them. I have my old iMac in the hands of my co-host, Chris O'Brien, at the Paracast. And again, it's nine years old, and he says it works just fine. I did do the SSD upgrade there because of the fact that I could use the suction cups. So it really wasn't hard to open after having done that for so many years. And I think that... I think I ha- that yeah, um, yeah, go ahead. And I think that any time um, you can upgrade an older Mac with an SSD, it makes sense. Because the fact of the matter is that on any Mac that can be upgraded, if you can access the memory, if you can access the RAM, and it's got upgradable RAM, like you know many iMacs do, or you know older non-Retina MacBook Pros, or if it's, if it's got a spinning hard disk drive that's accessible and replaceable with an SSD, so Mac minis, iMacs, devices like that, it is a big deal to do because those are the two biggest bottlenecks that you've got um, when it comes to having a machine that can operate efficiently for you for many years with very few problems. Uh, I've done that on uh, an old MacBook Pro of mine, a 13-inch MacBook Pro from, I think, like 2009 or something, and it's still going strong. It's got 8 gigs of RAM and an SSD, and man, it you know it outpaces my, my, my son's MacBook, uh, MacBook Air. Right. I've got a 2010 17-inch. MacBook Pro. Obviously, there's no Retina display. 
It still works perfectly. It's got the SSD. I got the SSD upgrade again from Otherworld Computing. We worked out a deal with them. I've got the extra memory, so it's 8 gigabytes. And the thing starts up quickly, runs pretty quickly. I'm able to do things when I need it, which is not that much anymore, but I do need it. If I travel, I can do location recording. I can do it in the hotel. It's heavy. It's like six and a half pounds. Remember, 17 inches. It still runs high Sierra. It still runs perfectly. Yeah, now the, the 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 problem that you do run into when you start getting machines, when you're keeping vintage machines like that working, is that eventually Apple will stop upgrading operating systems for them. You know, in the case of my 2009 era, it's a mid-2009 era MacBook Pro, a 13-inch. So it's actually not high Sierra upgradable, but it has Sierra on it, and that's running fine. It's It's been okay. Um, I've been very happy with it. And, and, you know, it's a nice auxiliary machine. In fact, I just fixed it up. Uh, to give to a uh, to lend to a friend uh, who who needed a replacement uh, laptop, an even older MacBook that was still in use, and you know, so it, it's really a testament to Apple's hardware engineering uh, that you get perfectly usable systems that are a decade old because uh, you don't find that from too many laptop vendors. And I, I would, you know, in the it, it, not to sound too much like uh, uh, they don't build them like that anymore, but I'm going through a similar experience with a washing machine having to replace one recently um after having an older one that lasted from the same brand that lasted 20 years you know i think that uh, the era of over engineering uh consumer electronic devices like max is as over as it is in the appliance business too right but you know what some years back you couldn't have a nine-year-old mac that could run the current operating system or an eight-year-old mac the 2009 27 inch imac runs high sierra my 2010 does. I'm assuming High Sierra's successor will not run on it. Or maybe I'll be wrong. You know, Apple also gives you pretty good support for older operating systems on the iPhone. Because they're selling two-year-old iPhones as brand new, the success, the iPhone 6S. Let's get back a little bit into the Mac OS because we kind of stopped at the APFS upgrade and we didn't consider what else Apple might do. Again, there were these published reports that Apple is going to take a step back and just introduce some essential features and improve reliability because there were some pretty crazy ones in High Sierra. What do you think Apple needs to add or might add? A better Siri is probably going to come all across the board. A Mac App Store that wasn't uh, that wasn't useless and awful would be nice. You know, if Apple uh, would would be able to rework that channel, I think that that would be fantastic. Um, I, I would also really like to see iTunes burned at the stake. I think iTunes is one of the most awful, wretched pieces of uh, OEM software that uh, that Macs come with, and I would like to see Apple completely reimagine how people um, interact with entertainment on their Macs. Um, so yeah, that that would be those would be two things right there. In addition to uh, uh, to to that, I think that you know the, the one thing that we've seen a lot of advanced rumors about. Specifically, there seems to be a lot of um, uh, sort of lobbying back and forth between Mark Gurman at Bloomberg, Bloomberg, and uh, um, so uh, 
the thing that goes back months now uh, in terms of rumors uh, is um, uh, I'm just going to throw the word out there anyway, marzipan, you know, this idea that uh, there, there's some kind of uh, API, some cl- kind of programming interface that developers will be able to use that will make it easier uh, to cross compile between iOS and Mac OS. And th- th- this has meant a lot of things to a lot of people uh, over the course of the port course of the past four or five months. I don't necessarily think we're going to see anything there um, at WWDC next week about this. It seems like that's a next year thing as opposed to a this year thing. But it's going to be a very interesting uh, topic to look at um, as far as what Apple is doing to continue to converge the iOS and macOS experience, because that has been central to what Apple has been doing now Uh, for a number of years. Now, Mac people like me get a little defensive and say, oh, no, this is the iOSification of the Mac platform, Um, which, of course, is silly and, you know, still not happening. Apple sees them as very different uh, platforms. But um, Apple also, it's intrinsic to Apple's philosophy that that there be as little friction in between the user and the task as possible. So the idea is that the Mac, iOS, the device that it's running on should really just be in the background of you getting your work done. It's about that. It's not about the device that you're using or the operating, even the operating system platform that you're using it on. It's about getting the job done. So we're going to continue to see those handoff and convergence things at play. And it'll be very interesting to see uh, what Apple has in mind for this year. I haven't read a lot about that. I haven't seen a lot of reliable news or rumors suggesting what's going to happen. So I'm, I'm curious. Well, one thing that's good about it is if you're the kind of person that Apple assumes you'll be who switches from one device to another. You want to get your stuff as easily as possible, which is handoff, continuity, whatever. You want to be able to move from one device to another without having to stop and think. That's why the scrolling direction changed on Mac, so it feels more like the natural version that you use on your iPhone. It's not to just willy-nilly merge two operating systems. It is you want to know that as you do work on different devices, the learning curve, the relearning curve, Having to adapt for a second, wait a minute, this car has a stick shift, this car has the automatic, i got to think for a second because I have to do things in a different way. The more you can minimize that, the more productive you are. In fact, there's a published report that one of the things Apple's looking at with the new Mac Pro is workflows and design the computer to manage workflows more efficiently. Look at where things slow down, where the computer has to sit there and think for itself and you're waiting. That's lost production time. If that computer continuously gets things done, you get more work out of it. Of course, it gives the boss a chance to get you to do more work because you're not sitting back waiting for the rendering. (laughs) Yeah, hey, look, it's billable time. You know, make it as productive as possible. Or you charge the same thing for the work, but you get it done faster. If you're charging by the job and not by the hour, you're home free. It's like flat rate manuals. For doing hey, you car can have repairs. It done, you can have it done cheap, fast, or well. Pick two. You know, the best way to support the Tech Night Out Live is to become a subscriber to Tech Night Out Plus. Just go to plus.technightowl.com 
plus.technightowl.com. Among the things we offer you is a special version of the show with better quality audio. And just as important, it's free of the network ads. Prices start at just $1.49, our price cheap. Plus.technightowl.com. We've got more to come with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. Of course, you're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. You have been lied to. Generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. Now, you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11. Through 9-11, then you're fighting a war on terror. And now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes. Order now at KillingUncleSamBook.com. KillingUncleSamBook.com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNLoans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNLoans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNLoans.com. That's GCNLoans.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Well, the thing, of course, here is Apple's looking at the business end. If you're going to spend on a Mac Pro, it'll be, what, five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. You want to know that it's saving you money. If it's not saving you money, why buy one? If it's not earning you money, why buy one? Because you want to make a lot of money. And the people who buy those things, unless they are the rich and famous, I say that deliberately, rich and famous, they are doing that because they need to do selected categories of work that benefit from a multi-core Xeon processor. So that's an important thing. Now, with the regular iMac, it's pretty productive up to the four-core thing. Anyway, iOS, iPhone, some crazy bugs there with iOS 11, except it's had some major updates, which is kind of freaky. You know, you had the 11 
there's an 11.4 just came out. And that also brings us to Apple doing something that I don't like, which is they promise features that they don't deliver on time. So we had AirPlay 2. AirPlay what? AirPlay 2 was promised last fall, just got released in the past week. I mean, that's also pretty messy. Well, open source iMessage. Wait, what? Open source iMessage? Yeah, don't you remember that back in the day? Apple was going to make uh, iMessage uh, open source and then it never did. Well, <laughs> yeah, I forgot it. That's how obscure that was. Yeah, so I mean, it, yeah, Apple Apple has uh, a, uh, a a long history of of occasionally doing that. Uh, it has a long history of doing that, but Apple has delayed features for its own reasons, um, and sometimes they impact uh, customers different ways. But I, I think that the overall thing to remember here is that Apple. Um, Fundamentally, I think, and I can't take credit for this this analysis. This comes from Rene Ritchie over at iMore, who I used I, to work with. And by the way, he was on the show two weeks ago. Um, and so I, I didn't listen. So if I'm repeating what he said, uh, I, I apologize. But he does get credit for, for this analysis that Apple has a, uh, a philosophy of creating... I guess you could say short-term discomfort for long-term benefit, you know, where it, it will make it inconvenient for its customers when it makes certain changes in the way that it's doing things, but with the with the longer-term goal of making it better in the long run. Uh, that's a long-term way of looking at uh, how your stuff works that Apple takes that I don't see a lot of uh, tech vendors doing. That's not something I see Google doing. That's not something I see Microsoft doing necessarily, uh, but it is definitely uh, very, I think, uh, part and parcel of the Apple experience. Well, it's a point of thinking for the future. That's why the original iMac had a lot of missing ports on it. it didn't even have a floppy drive because Apple realized we wouldn't need them. They're less flexible, less reliable. All those crazy ports, local talk and SCSI. They got rid of it in one fell swoop, and then they had this thing called USB that nobody supported, or very few PC vendors supported, and there were no USB devices. As soon as the iMac came out, everybody had USB, and suddenly well, the know, entire it, industry just, changed based on Apple. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and I think that Apple's philosophy is the same as, as uh, the, the great hockey player Wayne Gretzky, you know, skate to where the puck is going. That's what Apple does that a lot of other companies don't do. And when you see silly changes in hardware, well, why do we need USB-C? Well, take, take a look at this little tiny plug that's reversible. All right, Rever look, I say reversible? You, I'm going to disagree with you on USB-C. Okay. USB-C is a mess. Now, USB-C is a mess not because it's Apple's fault. But USB-C is a mess because the industry is a mess in terms of USB-C adoption the just the, the the way that it's been rolled out but look i you know my mac i'm very happy that it's got a magsafe connector on it still because uh i pull that connector out wrong probably three or four times a week and i know i would have gone through countless USB C cables 
uh, and probably blown out the uh, uh, the 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 power board by now um, if uh, if I'd upgraded. You know, it's so it, it it's not always uh, you know it's, it's skate to where the puck is going, but sometimes skate to where you think the puck is going. You know, on the other hand, Apple's done things like when it rolled out the iBook originally, the the original iBook, uh, you know, was was the first consumer laptop with uh, wireless uh, networking built into it. Well, they made mistakes in a few places, like with the Mac Pro, the 2013 Mac Pro. They Redesigning expect- it the trash can, yes. The trash can. They expected certain things of graphics processors that did not come to pass. And therefore, the computer was obsolete very shortly after it came out, except Apple sat on their hind legs for four years, not telling us that there couldn't be another one. They had to do something differently. I think one of the other mistakes that Apple made with the Mac Pro was misunderstanding how people were using Pro, uh, Pro or Mac Pros up until then. Uh, you know, we, we, we've just found out recently uh, a piece that um, I think uh, uh, Matt Panzerina wrote uh, for TechCrunch uh, talking about Apple, how Apple, and I think that we've talked about it before on the show, how Apple's uh, uh, software and hardware engineers sit not too far away from each other and collaborate very closely uh, when it comes with the actual customers, when it comes to understanding how these devices are being used. And that's one thing that I saw with the 2013 Mac Pro that set off alarm bells right away. And I, I, you know, when you think about people who are using Mac Pros, they're often interfacing them with really um, sophisticated I/O systems. Uh, you know, they're they're doing uh, 4K video uh, interfacing and so on. So it was kind of a mistake for Apple to leave that thing as unmodular as it was, with absolutely no internal expandability except for uh, additional SSD storage. You know, it, the, the the old Mac Pro had uh, card slots that you could use to 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 get some of those interfaces um, uh, going in a direct way with the with the with the processor that that you can't in in the new Mac Pro and I mean you know obviously you got you know a, a faster Thunderbolt and all that other good stuff uh, but but you know that there were, there was some of this idea that it was just going to be this um, uh, this this little black trash can sitting on a desk that I think uh, hampered it really. Uh, unfortunately. So it'll be interesting to see in 2019 how Apple addresses that with a new Mac Pro. I think a lot of us are hoping that it'll be a little bit more gadgety, a little bit more adaptable, but we'll see. Well, Apple will build peripheral cards that are curved. <laughs> yeah, curved peripheral cards. Okay. That's it. They'll solve the problem. That's how they'll be modular. They'll have curved yeah. peripheral cards, curved memory, and that way you'll be able to remove it quite easily. But everything will be curved, but therefore you won't be able to find anything. I mean, obviously the theory is here, is they're going to take the curvature and make it square? It's going to, all the, all the, uh, uh, the parts are going to be shaped like the android brains in Westworld. Okay. Spherical, little sphere things. So much because I don't watch Westworld. Oh, okay. I, all right. I have no idea. Get here. All right. Well, you know, that's it. And I have no idea what you're talking about, but I will figure it out someday. Someday I will figure out what you're talking. I'm just joking here. But we'll look at the future and see. It may just be a simple choice. And that what Apple is doing here, instead of just putting out something that's modular, is looking at circuitry that addresses the bottlenecks, low level, and things like that. Remember, Apple is also pushing ARM chips into new Macs. The iMac Pro has an ARM system on a chip for low-level functions, 
the touch bar on the MacBook Pro has a system on the chip. And you think we hear the talk of Apple moving to ARM for Macs. Maybe for the time being, it's just going to be for that low-level stuff. So they find ways to handle I.O. in a way that, as I say, presents fewer bottlenecks and doesn't interfere with what the processor is doing, but takes a load off the processor. So that's it. So let's talk about that next segment, about Apple and ARM and a leg and all that. I'm the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. This is a warning to all household pests, to all cockroaches, spiders, ants, mice, and rats. If you've made yourself at home in someone else's home, you'd better hope the owners never hear about Terminix. Because Terminix has the know-how and the means to do whatever it takes to remove you from that home. Terminix has 90 years of experience eliminating home invaders. And they make it easy for homeowners to be protected by offering a free pest estimate by calling 1-800-676-9879. Cockroaches, spiders, ants, mice, rats, and other pests. This is your last chance with one call, Terminix will remove you from the home you've invaded. If you think you can simply come back later, think again. Terminix will never stop working to keep you out with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Pests. Wherever you are, I will find you. Pests, you've been warned. Homeowners are calling Terminix right now for a free pest estimate. 1-800-676-9879. 1-800-676-9879. 30-day money-back guarantee at participating locations. Limitations apply. See plan for details. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Hi, I'm Dr. Bill Deagle, MD, AAEM, ACAM, A4M of Nutramedical.com and a consultant providing email advice free on advanced protocols for your optimized wellness and advanced technologies to heal and regenerate you. You can contact us at Nutramedical.com, that's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com or 888-212-8871. You get free email starter protocols of our top medical-grade nutraceuticals, initial testing, and recommendations for your own primary doctor to do, as well as recommendations to give you an idea of a consultation and a full protocol to try to help you regenerate your tissues, heal naturally without the use of toxic polypharmacy. I can send test kits to you as well anywhere in the world. 
and provide you recommendations to referral of specialty clinics worldwide. So contact me, Dr. Bill Deagle, at NutraMedical.com, that's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com, or 888-212-8871. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. $39.95 and free economy shipping. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your Bug Assault today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Peter Cohen, so tell me there, my friend. What do you think? Do you think Apple is going to be continuing to use the ARM processor not to replace Intel, but to supplement it? Well, it has to um, because it's made Touch ID, for example, an essential feature of new MacBooks. So um, Touch ID, for as a practical example, is dependent on a technology called Secure Enclave, which is specific to the ARM processors that Apple makes. Um, it's not something that you can do with an Intel processor. So it, it makes perfect sense for Apple to uh, continue to supplement Macs with ARM processors where it makes sense. At what point are, um, uh, an ARM processor will be powerful enough um, and the operating system will be recompiled enough uh, for the Mac to actually run on an ARM processor instead of an Intel processor, I personally think is just a matter of time. I don't think it'll happen this year, but uh, I think that that day is 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 quickly encroaching upon us or quickly approaching us. And I would also say that my expectation anyway is that when that does finally happen, uh, the first system that we're going to see with it is going to be an entry level or a low level Mac. It's going to be like a Mac mini type thing or maybe a uh, a Mac laptop that's going to make that change as opposed to a machine where performance is the top issue. I think it makes a lot of sense for um, ARM processors to continue to wake their way into the Mac wherever they make sense. Um, it, and it's silicon, that a- it's silicon that Apple controls. That's the really nice thing about the A-chips that Apple's putting in there. So Apple is responsible for soup to nuts when it comes to that. It's one less supply line issue that they have to deal with. Um, and it's also a less of a security risk for them as well, because the, the same kind of exploits that might be uh, found in Intel hardware aren't going to be found in ARM stuff uh, necessarily. So, you know, it's it's attractive to Apple, I'm sure, from that perspective as well. Apple's still got a ways to go before all Mac devices have, you know, the same functionality when it comes to uh, the ARM stuff. So we'll, we'll see how long that build-out takes, too. It's funny here. I, of course, do some ride hailing on the side, uh, Lyft and Uber. And I had a ride the other day with an Intel engineer who makes designs on some of the chips that we are familiar with. And he was telling me that, in his opinion, of course, he's prejudiced because he works for Intel. One of the issues here is not, of course, that the process of the newest A-series chips are tinier 
than the Intel. It is that Intel chips scale up better. But we don't know that. We don't know how Apple can scale up an A-series chip because right now it's designed for an iPhone or an iPad. Got to be tiny, resource limited. Can they scale it up so it's twice as powerful for a Mac? Yeah, I don't know what the actual factor they would have to scale it up for is. You know, we've been hearing um, uh, from Apple benchmarks uh, that tell us that the processor um, in, you know, the latest iPhone is, you know, in laptop performance ballparks. So that's good. You know, (laughs) I I would love to be surprised. But uh, Apple, I think, still has uh, some runway left with, uh, with Intel and the Macs. So... Uh, Again, it's not a a this-year problem anyway. I think you'll see the gradual nature of this, like I said, giving lower-level functions to the A-series, which is what they're doing now, seeing how that works on the long term. And then, you know, we know there are Macs of different types running ARM series chips in Apple's test labs. One day they'll decide, well, this is what we can do about it. Oh, by the way, there's a story here public report that Apple has set up another test lab, I forget which state, where they hired some engineers, including some from Intel. Now, why are you doing that if you're not doing something related to processors? Yeah, I mean, you know, Apple hires new, uh, I guess I'm missing the I'm missing the bigger picture here, Gene. Apple hires new uh, processor folks all the time. What am I missing? Well, my feeling here is that They're setting up a new test lab for this. That's why. And then maybe Apple's going to be doing, you know, it's going to be part of what they're working on now, but is Apple really, really prepared to go that route? Oh, yeah. Well, that's a a different question, I guess. Okay, yeah, cool. I don't think it's going to happen right away. And part of it is that a lot of people still buy Macs for, number one, for the ability to run other operating systems at good speed, virtual machines, boot camp. And Apple would probably have to reach a point where its processor is so fast it could run Intel emulation and not really hurt performance. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, you know, that's been one of the the, the, the really interesting things about uh, Apple's transition to, you know, Intel, which is now more than a decade old, you know, in, in that uh, uh, you can, as I said in an earlier segment, you can emulate all these other devices, um, including Windows, uh, very effectively, not just emulate really as much as uh, uh, run in a virtual machine layer um, on, on the Mac. I really hope that that functionality is maintained after Apple bridges uh, the the Intel to ARM uh, hardware switch, if and when that happens, because uh, it's it's a real nice selling point to the Mac right now that uh, that ought to be maintained. But maintaining legacy uh, support uh, for all that stuff is uh, a, a tricky engineering proposition, obviously. And uh, you know, it, Apple's got its work cut out for it, but it's done it before, and we've seen that happen now. Uh, multiple times on the Mac platform, and it's survived and thrived every time. And they can boast that this chip is twice as fast as Intel. Even if it runs half that speed for emulation, it's still pretty fast. I don't know if that makes sense or not. I got nothing, Gene. Nothing to say about that. I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. So anyway, we are giving you predictions, ideas, things we'd like to see 
for the future. What is Apple going to do at the Worldwide Developers Conference? Well, you'll probably find out by the time you hear the show or shortly thereafter. And then you'll know how well we did this. A little bit later, we'll hear from Josh Centers of Tidbits. And he'll give us some of his viewpoints. And then we can have fun and figure out what's going to happen. I just want to see if they actually address Siri, because we have all those hints now that Siri is going to get the real update this year. Last year, it got a little bit better voice. Not a lot better, a little bit better voice. It doesn't seem to me that's particularly more accurate on doing things. Like I'll ask Siri, where's the nearest Walmart? And it gives me a list. Now it knows where I am. It knows where the nearest Walmart is. Why does it have to give me a list and say select from this list? Isn't that just dumb? You know, uh, yeah, I mean, Siri obviously needs a brain transplant. It's uh, it, Apple is, <laughs> uh, boy, you know, where do I start with that? You know, you know what? Apple- leave it to the next segment we do, okay? <laughs> we got to let you go now. Where can we find more of your stuff, Peter Cohen? You can find me at peter-cohen.com and also over at the blog at remobjects, R-E-M-O-B-J-E-C-T-S.com. Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us in the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. With uncertain times in the United States, it's only prudent to consider storing precious metals in a safe place outside our borders. At Miles Franklin, we have done just that for you. Partnered with the most respected storage company in the industry, Miles Franklin is proud to offer the only fully insured private safe deposit box program in North America held in Vancouver and Toronto. Send us your previously purchased precious metals or have one of our brokers help you purchase something new. Questions? Please call one of our experienced brokers at 866-485-4346. Solid Foundational Storage, partnered with the most respected name in security. Maintaining an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating and residing in Minnesota, the only state in America that regulates the precious metals industry, making doing business in precious metals with Miles Franklin the safest choice. Call us at 866-485-4346. Again, that's 866-485-4346. Miles Franklin Limited, a name you can trust. 
Aging is one thing that affects everyone. George has talked about the power of stem cells for years. Now there's a new serum that harnesses that stem cell power to bring back your youthful look. Beverly Hills doctor, Nathan Newman. Stem cells are basically our fountain of youth. This is what maintains our body's reparative regenerative abilities. As we age, every cell breaks down and has to be replaced, and what replaces it is the stem cell. Dr. Newman and Janess have developed Luminess. Luminess takes the science of stem cells using the same growth factor complex that literally heals our cells, slowing the appearance of the aging process. Apply Luminess twice daily and on average see results in a week. Learn more, watch our video, and order today at a special Coast website, healthylooking.com. Plus, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that's healthylooking.com. Luminous for a healthier, much younger, better-looking you. Buy now at healthylooking.com. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Obviously, we're going to talk somewhat about what might come at the Worldwide Developers Conference keynote on June 4th. But bear in mind, many of you won't hear the show until after that. So we're kind of going to be shooting from the hip here, or at least making educated guesses, and hopefully we'll come up with stuff that's interesting. want to just announce here that we have another radio station carrying us, WRKQ, that's 12.50 a.m., and it serves Madisonville and Sweetwater and... Telic, Tennessee, all three cities. Hey, is that near you? Uh, I've heard of Sweetwater. I couldn't tell you uh, how far. Let's see how far is it. Maps. He's going to use Apple Maps or Google Maps. Uh, I'm using Google. You're talking about. That's about three hours away, so it's it's close to Knoxville. So it's probably outside my listening area, but we will. And if you are in that area. Office Align News at TechNightOwl.com. Like to hear from you. Okay, let's talk about things. Apple released a slew of updates this past week, some of which make sense, some of which don't make sense. But for iOS 11.4, we have something called AirPlay 2. Mm-hmm. Okay, we had AirPlay. Now we have AirPlay 2. Does that mean twice the fun? <laughs> 
Well, if uh, you're streaming from iOS, so for a while now, uh, several years now, in fact, in iTunes, you could send uh, your music out to multiple AirPlay receivers. And by an AirPlay receiver, I mean something like a, like an Airport Express or like an Apple TV or you know, most recently a HomePod, just for a few examples. And so uh, now... Uh, they've added that capability to iOS. So you can, uh, you know, there's a few different things that they're played too, but that's really the gist of it. That's really what it comes down to is you can now send audio to, to multiple receivers instead of just one. I understand also the HomePod can now work in stereo setup too. Yeah. Now, will that eliminate any of the problems with it or just have twice the troubles, which is that excessive bass? will now be twice as excessive. Hmm. Uh, you know, I haven't really heard any complaints about excessive bass. Uh, the, the few people I do know that have two home pods have uh, said that the stereo sounds really good. So, um, you know, I'm going to assume, I'm guessing if you spend the $700 to get two of those, uh, you know, you're going to be pretty happy with it. Now, bear in mind here that, as a matter of fact, you think $700 for a pair of speakers, that's expensive. No, it's not even mid-priced. I mean, you get speakers for 100 or two. That's not mid-price, what Apple is charging, even though people perceive it as expensive. Expensive is $20,000. Expensive is $100,000. My late brother Wally had a set of speakers flown to him from Australia, a company called Duntech. Back in the 1980s, cost him $20,000 in 1980s cash. So $700 for a speaker pair, not expensive. Too rich for me. <laughs> well, too rich for me, too. I'm just trying to put things in perspective here. People can sometimes spend an awful lot of money on those things. All right. What, pray tell, is messages in the cloud? My thought of it is that it allows for sync across all your Apple devices. So if you set up a new device, you don't lose all your messages. Right. I mean, and I guess technically in theory, it was already kind of supposed to work like that. Um, so really what messages in the cloud is doing is making it work more like uh, any other instant messaging app, like WhatsApp or, you know, what any number of Google's various things or, you know, aim back in the day. And, uh, and so all your messages are stored in iCloud. Um, they're still encrypted end-to-end, so you still have the excellent security there. Uh, and and the, the upshot of it is that, yeah, your messages should sync perfectly between devices now uh, once you have this enabled. It, um, uh, the, you know, if you delete a message, if you delete a message on one device, it'll disappear from the other device. So basically... <laughs> iMessage will finally work like you expect it to. Now, one thing to note about this is that when you turn this on, your messages and any attachments and so forth stored in iCloud, that counts against your storage quota. So if you're paying for storage, it's something to keep in mind. But now, the upside of that, though, if and, and I just learned about this uh, just recently after we published the article, if you... Um, Use iCloud for your backups, and you, for some reason you haven't, you know, unchecked, you know, iMessage to, to back up. Uh, so that the, 
those messages will no longer be included in your backups. And, and that goes, you know, and that's, you know, for every device. So, you know, where before, let's say you had two, you had an iPhone, an iPad, and a Mac, you had three devices, and they were all, well, I guess Mac isn't back up to iCloud, but let's say you have the two devices and they're both backing up to iCloud and they're backing up the same messages. Well, now uh, you're not going to have that duplication. So I'm finding it's actually saving me iCloud space. Now, if you back up with iTunes or you exclude uh, iMessage from your back, your messages from your backups, then it's going to cost you more space. But I think for a lot of people, it's a, it's actually a good thing to turn on because it'll work, it'll work more smoothly and it'll actually save you iCloud space. Well, the deal I make here is I have $1. Actually, it's $0.99 cents plus tax. I get 50 gigs for iCloud storage. I figure Apple deserves $0.99 cents plus tax. <laughs> I noticed he said nothing. Maybe he doesn't think Apple deserves it. I think 50 gigs <laughs> should be more. the minimum, and I think it should be free. And I think I, agree. I think maybe one terabyte should be like $5, and two should yeah, be 10 I agree. Well, I'll say this, too, and something I said in our Tidbits article is uh, I think it's ridiculous that, uh, you know, Apple in any way is charging for this service because no other instant messaging client in the history of the Internet that I'm aware of has charged you, uh, you know, any kind of fee like storage fee or anything else. And, And I guess you could get away with this with your basic five gigabyte. Plan, but let's be honest. If you're if you're doing anything besides just doing backups, you're, you're having to pay for some storage, right? So it's just, it's ridiculous. This should just be free. You know, I understand Apple wants to boost its services revenue and all that, but I mean, you shouldn't have to pay anything per month for your messaging to work reliably. I, I think that's just kind of insulting to the the users. Also, a dollar, a one dollar transaction, and this is for the. 50 gigabyte storage, $1, actually 99 cents. What does it cost Apple to generate a 99 cent transaction? That's what I wonder. Right. What does it cost them to do that? So how much money can they possibly make? Maybe five or $10, it makes sense. But 99 cents? Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, Apple's literally nickel and diming its users, right? I pay $58 a month for my iPhone 10 directly through Apple. And then on top of that, I'm having to pay three or four dollars a month. I think it's three ninety nine a month for the iCloud storage space. And, and the sad thing is, I can't use it for a lot of production work because it doesn't have all the advanced features that Dropbox has. So I'm having to get Dropbox too, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're literally nickel and diamond users. The, the the free tier should be way bigger. I think everyone can agree upon that, except for Apple. At WWDC, maybe they'll announce something in that regard. Because five gigabytes is an insult, frankly. And you know, something that's been proposed for years is to offer so much space per de- device you own, right? So maybe you get five gigabytes for every device you own. I think that's entirely fair. Um, you know, you're paying these uh, astronomical margins on stuff, and th- this is the kind of stuff Apple used to be known for. Apple used to, you know, give out little freebies like that stuff, and they've gotten very tight-fisted in recent years as they've struggled to find uh, ways to help boost their stock price. we got more to come All with right. Josh and Gene. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. 
What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. With Josh Centers of Tidbits, we are exploring what are the possibilities of the Worldwide Developers Conference after preliminaries about Apple's recent updates. So I don't know. iCloud's another issue. I suppose it's possible Apple will make some announcements. I think they should say 50 gigabytes free and then start packages, maybe 100 or 250 or something. I have to look at the prices. It's been so long, I've forgotten what the prices are because after my budget topped out at 99 cents, I said, you know what? This doesn't make sense anymore. So that's where you go. Oh, here it is uh, right here, manage. Let's see what they offer me here. Change storage plan. Here's the current storage plans. For $299 a month, it's 200 gigabytes. Make that five. For $999 a month, two terabytes, that's okay. I think they need to give you more options, though, in terms of how you Mm -hmm. could use it. It should basically be whatever you put up there, as long as it's not something that, you know, is going to violate the law. What do you think? Um, you know, yeah, I mean, they could do a lot better with all this, right? I mean, um, their paid tiers for all this are pretty fair right now. I mean, compared to Google or, you know, whoever, uh, I mean, the pricing is competitive with the market, but, you know, I, I think, I, you know, I think Apple, Apple could do a lot better. It's like I said, give, give so many gigabytes per every device you own or per every device you buy or something. I mean, that's another little incentive to buy another iPhone or iPad or whatever. Uh, maybe Apple sacrifices some services revenue, which I know Tim's obsessed with boosting, but uh, maybe they sell more iPhones, maybe they sell more iPads. Yeah. Heck, maybe they sell more iPod touches. I don't know, but <laughs> I think they can do better here. And, and, and furthermore, you know, I really want to see better collaborative features with iCloud Drive. We use Dropbox uh, at Take Control to pass manuscripts back and forth because it's really good for letting us know, oh, this, you know, this one's being edited, uh, you know, and all that. Uh, iCloud Drive isn't quite as good for that. So, you know, I, I think everyone you know, on that team, because we're all big Apple people, it'd be nice just to use the one thing that we'll have to pay for anyway, because we use iCloud Photos or you know, iCloud this or that, or, or just back up all the devices we have. So, you, you know, I, I do wish Apple at least make it so it'd be it's easier to use the space you have, which they've made some improvements there. And I'm hoping for some more. We're going to get into WWDC in a moment, but I just wanted to throw something out here. In the last couple of weeks, we have all gotten zillions of privacy updates from services we subscribe to, don't subscribe to, bought from, didn't buy from. And it's all about the general data protection regulation for the EU or the GDPR. And for the life of me, I can't see where it impacts me at all. I'm not selling anything except subscriptions to our service. The only thing we collect, other than someone's subscriber information, which is basically the email address, is when someone posts a comment on our forums or they post a comment in the comment panels at technightowl.com. So what am I missing? Is there something else I should understand? I'm the last person you want to ask about that. I mean, you want to know my opinion about this. 
um, you know, first, I don't, I just have a little personal website. If you submit information, that's up to you. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't ask for it unless you just want to contact me, but just more to the point that GDPR is a European regulation. I am not under the jurisdiction of the European union. Uh, I never intend to be, I'm not even sure if I'll even ever visit a country inside the European union. So I don't really care. A lot of people disagree with that stance. Um, you know, I know Take Control and Tidbits have both made uh, taken measures to become GDPR compliant. You know, that's great. Um, but just me personally, I, I if I had anything that would require that sort of compliance, I, I would not comply because um, I am not a citizen of the EU. Um, they have no authority over me. Yeah, it's not that I'll get a letter saying we're going to prohibit all your access in Europe. It's message boards. I assume someone who posts in a message board or a comment panel knows whatever they put there is going to be there, unless you say take it down. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's just the thing. You know, I am all for privacy. You know, we, and especially uh, earlier on when I started appearing on the show, we've had a lot of discussions about privacy and all that. Uh, but what I don't like uh, about this thing is I feel like it's very much the European European Union's. Uh, attempt to, to, you know, put a foothold, their own control foothold in the internet. I don't care for that. Um, I don't care for it. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm not going to go along with it any more than, than I'm have to anyway, just because, I mean, look, I don't make those decisions for tidbits or take control. Um, that's probably for the best. Um, but no, I, you know, look, if they have a problem with it, they can, they come over in the United States and take it up with me, but I'm, I'm not under European jurisdiction and hopefully never will be. Well, I have to talk to my son about it. He lives in Madrid, but he doesn't do anything that would actually require this. I think the biggest thing about this is they've done everything they can to make this process as complicated and confusing (laughs) as possible. They've done nothing to say, what about hundreds and hundreds of thousands or millions of bloggers who want to know what's going on? What do they do? So, for example, we use Akismet, which is the WordPress spam protection plugin. Mm-hmm. And in our comment panels, there's a little line item saying, click here for their terms, WordPress terms. They make no sense. You have to call your lawyer to read them. Right. If you're a business, you're a large business, you're doing business in different countries, you have a lawyer, they'll figure it out. For the rest of us, go away. Right. It's it's very difficult to comply if you're a small organization. I know Joe Kissel at Take Control is, you know, probably torn out a lot of hair trying to make everything uh, compliant. Uh, and, you know, he's really worked hard on that. Uh, now, there are some upsides to this GDPR thing. Don't get me wrong. Uh, one example is we had Kirk McElhern. I know he's, he shows up on the show now and again. You can ask him about it. He wrote a, an article for us on Tidbits uh, that you can find at tidbits.com where he talks about um, these new features Apple is offering. Now, uh, they're just in Europe for now, but they're supposedly going to appear to everyone uh, in the rest of the world later on. But you can uh, see what information you have stored with Apple, and you can download all of your information, uh, whether that be your photos, your uh your messages, um, your calendar entries, you know, all of it, everything Apple has on you, uh, you can download. And, you, and 
Um, some of these features are already available to Americans. Uh, one thing you can do is you can delete your Apple account or you can suspend your Apple account if you want to. So the, those are those are some nice upsides from it um, and things that probably should have already been offered. Uh, I, know, I know other companies are doing similar things. Uh, you know, and bully for them. Uh, so, you know, this, uh, you know, this GDPR thing does have its upsides, but I think a lot of people in the tech world, um, you know, they're, they're looking at all the upsides and they're not examining, uh, the potential downsides, which, which I think there definitely are some, you know, and, and I do think, uh, in, in many ways, it's like, well, how much, uh, how much is the EU trying to broaden its jurisdiction here? Now, of course, uh, we'll have to see how they actually handle this but now if they start going but now if they start going after american companies they start going after I don't know, canadian or you know asian co- uh, companies for this stuff when they're not in the eu then uh we might have a problem but i i like i wish there were more discussion of this before it gets to that point because my bet is it's it will eventually get to that point well, at that point, the lawyers will be called out and they'll have a good time with it. Now, we understand, of course, about Kirk McElhern. He lives in the UK, so he may or may not be impacted by some of this. He has podcasts. He has his site, Kirkville.com. And you look at that, well, maybe there's something there he has to consider. But at the end of the day, there would be a comment panel, maybe a forum. So What? Yeah, I'm not sure you have to ask him about that. Well, and the curious thing, I wonder, um, you know, since he's in the UK, I wonder uh, if uh, Brexit affects this. I mean, I know that's not, that's far from finalized, but you know, presumably if it goes through, uh, then uh, people in the UK will not be subject to that. Or they may agree to be subject to that because it's, for negotiation the other hand is they might consider having another vote like a final vote a referendum saying do you really want to do this folks and that vote will say no probably because i think a lot of people who voted didn't realize what was going to happen or the impact of that where all this nonsense is happening and i think if they had a second chance they would say no we're not doing that We've got Josh Centers of Tidbits. I'm Gene Steinberg. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com.
Get the ultimate knife at an ultimate price. The Fox Karambit Knife. Finally available in the U.S. The Fox Karambit Knife opens with one hand. Faster than you can pull a handgun. For utility, for defense, and for way less than other knives of this caliber. Go to TheUltimateKnife.com. Truly the best knife you will ever own. And only available at TheUltimateKnife.com. Use promo code RADIO at checkout for free shipping. Get the ultimate knife at the ultimate price. At TheUltimateKnife.com. Are you living your passion? Are you pumped to go to work because you get to talk about or work with or do the things that interest you the most? Is working, playing, and relaxing one and the same? As long as you're working for someone else, you'll never be living entirely true to yourself and your passion. I'm Pharmacist Keith. Let me show you how you can work around your current schedule, create the extra income so you can live your passion. Visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. Radio.recordedvideo.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, enough of Brexit, GDPR, AirPlay 2... Oh, by the way, I think they extended that offer if you get three months of DirecTV, DirecTV yeah. now. Yeah, they keep Direct- extending it. So, For three months payment, 35 a month, you get a free Apple TV, 4K. Yeah, it's a good deal. Not, not my favorite streaming service, and uh, I really don't even watch that much TV these days. But, uh, yeah, if you, want an, uh, if you want an Apple TV, uh, even if you never watch the DirecTV now, it's still a way better price than if you ordered it uh, from Apple. So so I guess deal. the theory is here, you get it, set it up for three months, install your Apple TV, then cancel. So you get a free Apple TV, because normally yeah. Apple That's TV is going to be 179 for the 32 gigabyte version. I don't know if you need the 64, but that's where it goes. All right, let's look at the Worldwide Developers Conference. So we have one report says Apple will introduce no new hardware. Another report saying, yes, they will, citing stockouts of MacBook Pros. So whom do you trust? You know, I would not bet on hardware. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, uh, when I'm evaluating all these rumors, I'm going to go with uh, whatever it is Mark Gurman's saying until uh, he's proven uh, to no longer be reliable. I think he's the one saying no hardware for this. And that's consistent with what Apple's been doing uh, the past few years. I can't remember the last time they announced any any significant hardware at WWDC. It's been at least two or three years. And yeah, I, I would be very surprised. I mean, I wish they would announce some hardware. I wish they would get up on stage and address uh, the MacBook Pro keyboard issue. I, w- I wish they would address the Mac Pro and why uh, this outdated piece of overpriced piece of junk that's that's been in the market for five years is even still on the market. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, I wish they would address the Mac Mini and why the Mac Mini is so gosh darn out of date, even though uh, the last time they updated, what was it, 2013, 2014, they actually made it worse than the version before. They actually somehow made it slower. <laughs> it's like, why are you selling these ancient, terrible products? Why can you not sell a laptop with a reliable keyboard? I mean, here's the sad thing. And speaking of the whole hardware thing, I'm kind of on a rant now. You know, I came to the terrible realization 
a couple of weeks ago. And this, and this ticked off a lot of people in the Apple community. It ticked off some people in tidbits, too. But, I mean, it's just a fact. There's not many Macintosh computers I could wholeheartedly endorse these days. I could endorse the iMacs, specifically the 27-inch iMacs. I'm not sure I can endorse the iMac Pro because I've known so many people have problems with them. I, I, if someone said, hey, should I buy a Mac Pro? I would say absolutely not. It's a waste of money. Uh, if somebody said, if I wanted a Mac Mini, I would, again, tell them, no, it's a waste of money. The MacBook Pro or, or just the plain MacBook, um, you know, I could recommend with some caveats, especially for the MacBook because uh, it's slow and it has the stupid keyboard. I mean, really, you look at the Mac line, it's kind of pitiful. And it's sad because you go back three or four or five years, and whenever anybody asked me about a computer, I would tell them a Mac. And, and like, be like, well, which one do you want? I just Whichever one looks interesting to you. you know, Whichever one looks like it's going to suit your needs. Get the Mac. Um, and, and I can't say that anymore. Uh, you know, I can't, you know it's, it's made things a lot more complicated. And I can't really recommend Windows to people because I, I still don't think Windows is that great. But, and whatever problems you have on a Mac will be worse on Windows. Right. But, you know, depending on your needs, you know, if all the software you need is on Windows, you know, you're going to get a, a lot more hardware for your money with the PC. And that's always been true. That's always been true. But um, I think it's way more true now. I mean... You know, you can get a lap, you can get machines you know, very similar performance wise to like a $1,500 Mac in the, in the PC world for $800 or less. Well, yeah, um, but there's always going to be some trade offs, and you have to sure. consider that. But here's the thing I want to ask you why would you not recommend an iMac Pro? Now, the only thing you have to bear in mind here is ECC memory is expensive. Apples are twice as expensive, but not out of line because major PC vendors by Dell or HP will also overprice those upgrades. So you want to get them from third parties. The problem is here, the installation process with the iMac Pro is kind of like the regular iMac if you want to replace a drive or something. If you just want to replace memory on a regular 27-inch iMac, it takes four minutes. If you want to replace the drive, say I have a Fusion drive and I want to go to a pure SSD. And I price this out because I don't want to do the thing with the with the adhesive strip and all that stuff. I want a professional do it. If something goes wrong, they buy me a new computer. You know, very simple. It's a, right. one of these enlightened self-interest kind of things. I price these out. And they all try to rip you. One company, if they will do everything, and they'll even do the backup restore, $459 to replace a drive. Another company said they'll do it for 125, but if you want it on the same day it's another 150. And they still charge you of course for Apple's adhesive, which is like $20, $25 depending on whom you talk to. So they all have a, a scam here knowing that it's very difficult to do that repair. It's not like the earlier generation iMac where you use suction cups to pull the screen from the chassis. This is adhesive. It's gooky. It's a gooky kind of replacement, and I don't want to do it, as I said. So I'm looking just academically if anyone wanted to do that, but that would be the same thing with the iMac Pro. You want to change RAM. I guess you go back to Apple. I don't know what they charge you for it, but they would charge you. They're not going to put in Micron RAM. They're not going to put in 
other world computing RAM. So you have to go, like I said, to a third-party dealer, spend 150 or $200 or something, and replace the RAM. Suddenly, the savings isn't that great because they designed it to be difficult. This is a professional machine. And I can only think here the reason why it doesn't have the little slide at the bottom is because of the cooling requirements for the Xeon processor and the big, fat RAM. It's such that they couldn't put a little door at the bottom. Why can't they put one right wherever that RAM is? Uh, maybe because in Jonathan Ives' design sensibilities won't allow you to stick some kind of slot in the middle somewhere in the back. has to be at the bottom. Unobtrusive. It's uh, obtrusive. We'll just dispense with it and make it difficult. What's wrong with the iMac Pro, by the way, other than that? Well, really, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's repairability. I mean, there have been uh, multiple cases I've heard of where people have taken their, their iMac Pros uh, into the Genius Bar because they had some kind of problem with it and either couldn't be fixed or wouldn't be fixed. Or, they, or the, the Genius Bar tried to fix it and they screwed it up. And apparently, uh, Apple just isn't doing uh, the training they need to do. To, or either that, it's just impossible to fix. I couldn't really tell you which one's which. Um, and, and really, if you if you own one of these things, um, if you have five thousand dollars more invested, one, I don't think it really matters to you what the problem is, right? So that that would be why I would be leery to recommend it. Um, yeah, but if I mean, you can't fix it, Josh, if you bring it to Apple and they can't make it right, they have to replace that computer. There's no bones about it. That's that's what I'm saying. Like there, there have been cases where they're just like, well, good luck, <laughs> you know. So. Yeah, they've, they've kind of fall, they've kind of failed. Uh, I think on the customer support angle there. Uh, I'm in, I'm updating my Mac, or I'd be looking up these uh, these uh, articles right now. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I mean, here's the thing: if someone if someone needs an iMac Pro, um, they probably have one, or they're going to buy one regardless. So you know, my recommendation there doesn't really amount to much. I mean, what's your alternative? You're going to buy an outdated Mac Pro that also isn't repairable. I mean, you don't have a lot of good options there. So, um, you know, but, but that said, if somebody was just like, hey, I just want a computer. I, I, want to, I don't mind spending a lot of money on it. Should I get a Mac Pro, uh, an iMac Pro? And I would probably say no. I would look at uh, probably a PC. Or something yeah, like but that. it's not that simple. And I'll tell you why in a moment. We've got Josh Centers of Tidbits. I'm Gene Steinberg. And we've got a lot more to come. And I'm going to say why the iMac Pro may still be a good value despite the non-existent repairability factor. More to come on the Tech Night How Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. 
For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home? And you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. $39.95 and free economy shipping. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your Bug Assault today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So Josh Centers, let me tell you why. Very simple. Okay. All right. This is the reason why. Now go to the PC store and buy a computer with roughly the same specs, which is the Xeon W, et cetera, et cetera, ECC RAM. Now find yourself a 5K display. All right. 
I, I know the comparisons. I mean, I, uh, I think we did a comparison ourselves at Tidbits when the iMac Pro was first, I can't remember, was announced or released. I mean, you, you'll spend more building an equivalent PC than you would just buying the iMac Pro. The iMac Pro, at least in theory, is a good value. But here's the problem. if you need, As you mentioned, if you need to modify it or something goes wrong, you need to repair it. I, I think part of the issue with these is, is thermal because there is a lot of, heat being produced uh in these uh little skinny cases you know and if you're a professional here's the thing also if you're a professional you don't have time for your computer to be in the shop for a week you know if you just need to replace some ram and you replace a hard drive you want to be able to crack the sucker open uh you know have some spare parts on hand uh do the repair there on the spot and be about your business or at least have somebody (laughs) available who can do that right like like it support something like that well, maybe somebody can go in for training. I mean, as a practical matter, if they can fix a regular iMac, they can fix an iMac Pro. Probably the considerations are about the same. So you could say the same thing for the iMac. On the other hand, if you need something where you can open it up and change the RAM yourself and the drives, the iMac Pro still wouldn't be for you. That's what the Mac Pro is supposed to be. That's what the next Mac Pro is supposed to be, the modular computer where you can just pop it open, do what you got to do, and close it. This is designed to be an iMac with professional capabilities and a lot of trade-offs as a result. If that's not what you want, you don't want to buy the existing Mac Pro because it's ancient. It's five years old. You simply go and wait till next year. That's your decision. Or buy the PC for more money. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not getting my hopes up about this Mac Pro because, A, I don't think Apple particularly even wants to sell one. I think they'd much rather sell something like an iMac Pro, and people would be happy with that. And uh, and here's the thing is, you know, if this Mac Pro, oh, it's going to be modular and expandable, and you can do all this. Okay, great. Then release it. Just release it already. Because, I mean, it doesn't need anything fancy. It needs to be a box with computer parts in it. It's not like they even have to bother uh, Sir Johnny. You know, he they, they already have a Mac Pro case uh, that's quite elegant that does all that. Uh, they can anodize it, you know, make it black or whatever, you know, to go with their, their, their space gray, you know, go with their professional theme there. And, and they're done. Uh, there's no need to uh, get all technical. There's no reason they should have taken two or three years. Or actually, at this point, by the time it comes out, it's going to be, what, uh, six years <laughs> in the making, technically. So there's no reason it should take this long to design the thing. I mean, it's, it's something that a 12-year-old could build in a bedroom, you know, in, in a matter of a couple of hours, getting the right parts. So I, I have a bad feeling they're going to try to do something really wonky again, and it's, again, not going to be uh, what a lot of professional users need. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of pros out there who are very happy with their iMac pros. I'm just hearing of problems with them. I'd be leery to recommend to someone wholeheartedly uh, they spend five thousand dollars on one, and probably more, honestly, because I mean, it, really, you're probably gonna get one with much better specs than the uh, than the base model. So, you know, th- there'd definitely be some caveats there, just like without almost any other Mac, I would recommend these days. Hmm, it's really bad there, right? But here's the thing about the Mac Pro that Apple has said, which is that supposedly, I don't know if they said this, it's something that's on the rumor mill. And maybe they'll tell us at the WWDC, so hold off there. That they're looking not just at the hardware, which is pretty easy to configure in terms of general specs. They're looking at workflows. They're contacting professionals and studying workflows to see where they have the 
IO bottlenecks and things and maybe do some custom stuff there to allow that to flow better. And remember here, Apple is already doing something at the low level on the iMac Pro with the system on a chip, an ARM system on a chip to handle those functions. So it's possible Apple is customizing the silicon to not just provide what we expect to see in a workstation computer, but ways to speed things up where they might slow down, improve productivity where they can. Obviously, employers would love that. If they can get 5% more work out of a $10,000 computer or whatever it's going to be, that's worth the investment. It may not be for the person who's doing the work because they have fewer opportunities to sit back and let it render. Yeah, I mean, well, I, one of my theories behind why the Mac is such a mess right now is I, I think Apple's really been wanting to ditch Intel for a few years now, and they just uh, they haven't really gotten to the point where they can quite pull it off yet, uh, but they're not really wanting to invest much more with them. A good person to follow for, uh, if you're interested in the chip business, is uh, this guy, uh, Ashraf Issa, over at the Motley Pool. He's their, their resident uh, silicon uh, expert. He's been very uh, bearish on Intel lately, and he's actually predicted that uh, it won't be very long before Apple is actually making vastly superior chips overall, uh, especially uh, for laptops, than Intel can, because Intel stumbled so much. You know, their designs are solid, but their manufacturing is just just a mess. And they keep, I mean, they're like years behind on their technology now because they keep having delay after delay after delay. And, you know, if you're Apple, if you're seeing this, you're probably not really eager to uh, spend a lot of money with Intel when you see them going uh, sliding downhill. Meanwhile, your own uh, chip production capabilities with Samsung and TSMC are uh, getting you know exponentially better every year. They're still trying to get below 14 nanometers, Intel. And I think they're coming, they've had trouble getting to 10. But Apple's already at 10. They're probably going to go to yep. 7 too. And part of the other issue is It's not just the fabrication of the chip. Apple's A-series chip has no legacy, all right? Mm -hmm. It's designed strictly to support one customer, Apple. Whereas the Intel Core chips, the Xeons, they have lots of schmutz there to support older technologies, legacy support for all sorts of hardware because they have lots of different customers. Apple needs one customer so they can ditch a lot of stuff that reduces chip overhead. And there's a point here that we have to also realize that the A-series chip is being run constrained, low power with limited resources for an iPad or an iPhone. Now imagine if it's put in a notebook computer, unfettered. How much can it scale up? Can it scale up to twice the speed as now? Yeah, I know, but the projection is here, uh, wherever the next generation of the A-series is, will uh, exceed Intel's best mobile chips. So how that actually translates to you know professional products, I don't know. But you know, Apple has a, a long history of putting mobile parts and desktop PCs. I mean, the iMac is basically that, right? I mean, other than uh, I think the hard drive, but the, you know, the iMac uses uh, typically I think uses a mobile uh, CPU, mobile RAM, all that. The iMac is basically a big laptop without battery. Got more to come with the one, the only Josh Centers of Tidbits. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live.
You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. $39.95 and free economy shipping. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your Bug Assault today. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. How well and how fast does heart and body extract work to improve blood circulation? Listen. My name is Ellis, and I'm 66 years old, and I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Two years ago, I was diagnosed as having clogged arteries. I had 70% blockage in one artery leading to my heart. They wanted me to go on Plavix, but I refused, knowing the negative side effects. Heart and Body Extract is a unique balance, synergy, and proportion of herbs reaching from head to toe at maximum absorption around 95% at the cellular level. Within the first month, I felt a dramatic difference. The heaviness in my legs was reduced, and within two months, I felt completely normal. Your natural organic herbal formula for heart health is Heart and Body Extract. Heart and Body Extract comes with a 100% ironclad money-back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Call 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. 
Visit the Berkey Guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey Guy. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So just to backtrack on what Josh says here, Apple has been using mobile parts on the iMac since day one. The first iMac in 1998 was basically a power book with a CRT display. Basically. And a fancy case. So Apple has been doing that, but there's also the point to realize that most computers people buy today, even for serious business use, are notebooks. So it makes a lot of sense then to use mobile parts because really the performance difference is not that vast anymore. But uh, when it comes to whether Apple will put something on ARM, the only issue is not performance, because it looks like they can certainly beat Intel in terms of performance and low-power support. It is the people who buy Macs to have boot camp, virtual machines in addition to the Mac. What are the trade-offs going to be? Because there's going to be an overhead to emulate another processor. Will Apple be able to have so much extra performance they can overcome most of that and say, we'll give you boot camp performance at the same as a normal Intel processor on our new Macs under ARM? If they can get that far, or maybe license some instruction sets from Intel and give them money, and maybe, I thought of maybe having Intel build some of the 8 Series chips, but Intel can't even build their own chips, so that's not going to happen. But we'll maybe buy more modems from them. That's something that's realistic. But if they license some of Intel's technology for their ARM series chips, instruction sets and such, whatever they pay Intel, they'll still be paying less than buying the chip from Intel. The A-series chips cost, what, $20? And the Intel chips cost, what, 20 times as much, even the small ones? So they'll still be ahead of the game, still give Intel business and then come out with computers nobody can possibly duplicate that lose little or nothing compared to a normal intel pc maybe that's the dream well you know i wonder if apple can isn't playing some of the mac pro like put like five a12s in this thing and uh you know just just split the cores out like that that's generally what they do with their the pro series right they like to have, you know have a ridiculous amount of cores and processors and all that you know, why not just build a machine like that? You know, why not just have, wow, this has got 12 A12s in it. <laughs> they can make the software run on it. Back to your point on boot camp. Here's the thing is, I don't think Windows is nearly as relevant as it was 10 years ago. Yeah, for instance, you know, uh, chances are you probably don't own, if you use Office for Windows, you probably don't own it. You probably use something like Office 365. And so you can just download the Mac version, you know, not a big deal. Most desktop apps these days are just web apps of one form or another. And, uh, you know, all the professional apps are on Mac now. I mean, of course, all the Adobe stuff's already been there. The video editing stuff's on Mac. Um, Even AutoCAD. You know, for a long time, AutoCAD was only on Windows. That's not true anymore. So I can't think of many professions where 
you couldn't get your work done with a Mac if, if Windows wasn't an option. Of course, Microsoft Office will always run the best on Windows, um, so that could be a limiting factor. But here's the thing: how relevant is Microsoft Office even anymore? You know, I know a lot of workplaces that moved to Google Docs because of the uh, better collaboration. You know, I wonder. I wonder if they're going to care about you know, and they may offer some legacy Intel uh, hardware for a while just to ease the transition. It's my belief. Uh, this is totally unfounded, but just my hunch that. Apple, you know, if they switch to ARM, and I think they're going to have to at some point, I think it's inevitable because Intel is really, uh, if you'll pardon the expression, screwing the pooch on this whole thing. You know, they're going to have, I mean, it's the same thing with Motorola. Motorola and IBM can keep up with the power PC. Now Intel can't keep up with their own chipsets. So it's going to be on Apple to take that great leap forward. I don't think they're going to care about Windows. I don't think they're going to look back on it. Uh, I think at the beginning, they're going to be able to offer something to allow you to adapt. And then that will phase out over a few years. But I think at the beginning, that's going to be a consideration. And as I said, if Apple can make their chips fast enough, license some Intel instruction sets for a few years, something, I think they could make it work because you still want the emulation mode, running the older apps to be decent. And they'll have to consider that because even if you didn't have boot camp, you still have these old apps that you want to run for several years to give developers time to adapt. Obviously, Apple will make the process almost instantaneous. That's also part of what they might be doing. They're probably working on a version of Xcode that can make a Mac OS app for ARM or for Intel in a way where there's not a lot of junk that you have to do. It's all abstract. And if they can do that, It'll make the process easy, much easier. It was a pain going from Motorola, the original Motorola, to PowerPC. It was less of a pain going to Intel because Intel had a lot of existing tools that allowed you to build Intel apps. Building both iOS and Mac apps is not difficult because of the way Xcode is designed. It works for both on a Mac. Now, doing Mac OS on ARM... I think Apple will concentrate on that first year or two, really making it so seamless that with the performance advantage, it will be very difficult to say, no, I'm not doing that. Well, maybe it will be the, um, maybe that'll be the big announcement Monday. Maybe they're going to say, look, the Mac is going to arm uh, developers. You have a year to prepare for that. (laughs) Because that's about the time frame they're giving people, right? Like last year they said, look, you have a year to get your Mac apps off 32-bit. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if they said, look, we're coming out with this way. You can develop stuff for ARM. It'll work in iOS or Mac. That's been rumored anyway. Uh, yeah, the Mac's coming, going to ARM in one year. Uh, that's how long you have uh, to get ready. <laughs> and good luck. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I can see that. Maybe more so this time only because of the fact that people are used to the boot camp and the virtual machines, and you want to have the answer that works for that. Or the other possibility is you have the low-end Macs go right away to ARM, but the higher end, you give it some time, but not one year. It'd be a couple of years at least, I think. It's like going from 32-bit apps to 64. It's going to take a while. Do you expect anything else going on at WWDC, that'll be interesting. I think there's a possibility here, getting back to the Mac Pro, assuming it's going to come out early in 2019, 
at this point, because of the audience, Apple will demonstrate the Mac Pro, whatever it's going to be. They'll demonstrate and say it'll ship first quarter of 2019. And they'll show you all the great things that'll be on it and why it took so long. They'll make the proper excuse, like I said, possibly to optimize throughput. Whatever it is, you'll see it. I think there's going to be a new Mac Mini. And the reason is Apple keeps saying we love it. If they love it, make a new one. But it's going to be a very different one. Yeah, maybe. And and probably ARM-based. Probably ARM-based. Probably a lot smaller. Um, That, wait, wait, wait. That could be the way they introduce Macs on ARM. Not on the notebook, but on the Mac Mini. Could be. I mean, imagine how small you can make that thing. I mean, imagine a Mac Mini the size of an iPhone that has just like a single USB-C port in it. And you just plug that into an Apple display and that's your computer. Imagine giving them a box that looks like an Apple TV. Oh, I think it'd be smaller than an Apple TV. The reason I'm saying Apple TV is they can stuff more into it with a slightly bigger case. Yeah, I mean, that's been the dream for a while. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what they're playing there. I I mean, I think it would be cool if we saw that Mac Pro. Uh, I don't think that's likely. I mean, they haven't even shipped the AirPower mat yet. I mean, it's a (laughs) they haven't shipped their wireless charging mat they promised uh, back in, was it, September, I think. So uh, I'm not not so sure we're going to see any hardware. (laughs) They're having a hard time hitting a the ship dates and a lot of stuff like uh, messages in the cloud message in the cloud was uh, promised almost a year ago. It took, them, took them almost a year after they announced it to, uh, to get it out. And we'll, and we'll be clouded thing. if we don't do this break. Josh centers, Gene Steinberg, tech night out live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's TechNightOwl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Bacon lovers, we ship free. 
Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. This is Dan Pillard. Do you have the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpillard.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. By the way, while Josh was talking there, the Apple TV is with 3.9 inches, depth 3.9 inches, height 1.4 inches. So 3.9 inches is like that. That's not a bad size. Here's a new Mac Mini, and you bring it out and say, no, it's not an Apple TV. This is a full-blown, powerful computer. If it is the size of an Apple TV, I think that'd be really cool to say, this is not an Apple TV. This is a Mac Mini. I think maybe, you know, give it a different color or something like that. Or have it available in different colors. Have a white one. Have a black one. Have a silver one. Mac Mini. Same size as an Apple TV 4K. Why am I wrong? It could happen. I, I, don't, I don't think you're wrong necessarily. It just depends on that's, that's what their plan is. 
you know, part of me thinks, I, I really don't think Apple wants to sell separate boxes for stuff if they can help it. That's why, you know, I, I think the Mac Pro is uh, a smokescreen. I'm, I'm not sure it's ever actually going to be a real product because I think they'd much rather sell you an all-in-one box. They'd much rather sell you a, an all-in-one solution. They don't want to sell separate stuff if they can help it. Was Apple ever that enthusiastic about the Mac Mini? The Mac Mini was always one of those things I feel like they sold because they felt they had to because people said, look, we want an inexpensive box and just use my existing monitor and my mouse and keyboard and all that and I can change everything around. Oh, fine, here you go. And as the Mac has become less and less important to, to Apple, the, so the Mac Mini has exponentially more so. Because, you know, there was a time whenever the Mac Mini was released, was it 2005 or so, 2004? You know, the Mac uh, was basically Apple's world, right? Well, the, well, the iPod. But that's not the case anymore. And you know, the, the Mac's uh, more of a supporting player, and, and the iPhone takes precedence. So, I mean, you know, they don't really have to play with these people like they used to. And, and, and if they do, uh, you know, a lot of those people would be happy with an iPad or an iPhone or something. Uh, computing has changed a lot in that time. So, I mean, I, I guess one of the questions to ask or, or try to find an answer to is what is the place of a Mac Mini? In 2018, 2019, I'm not sure I can answer that off the top of my head. Uh, you know, in what role could a Mac, can a Mac Mini fulfill that couldn't be fulfilled with an iMac? And some people might say, okay, home theater, okay, Apple TV. That's the thing that's changed a lot. It used to be people would build a PC just to use in their living room, uh, but no one does that. I think it was a appreciable niche. I mean, it was enough that people convinced Apple to put an HDMI port in it. And, well, and they did have what was it front row there for a while. So I mean, you know, it was. I, I think it was an appreciable niche, but uh, I don't think it was ever gangbusters kind of sales. So that's the thing. I mean, you know, does the Mac Mini still have, still have a place? I'm not sure. I'm not sure Apple has an answer either. I think there's a lot of things that Apple keeps selling just because people keep buying it, but they don't particularly want to sell it to you. It's just like they kept selling that uh, that 13 inch MacBook Pro with the hard drive in it. For years and years and years, it was like, what, 2012 model? I think they sold it till 2016, maybe. They kept selling it, because, and, it and I think even when they stopped selling it, finally, even then, it was their most popular model. And I knew people who, who bought the thing, I mean, you know, up to the time they canceled it. They, they go, they say, I want an Apple, and they go to the Apple store or Best Buy or wherever, and they look at all the options and say, oh, I want that one. It has the most storage. It's the cheapest. <laughs> That's the one for me. I know three people off the top of my head, I know in real life, who, uh, who still own one and still use it. The issue with the Mac Mini is Apple's already said we love it in two distinct occasions when they had that meeting in April of 2017 with a small group of reporters for a gaggle. And then later on, when Tim Cook said we love the Mac Mini, they wouldn't make a point of it if there wasn't something in the pipeline. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I mean Apple lies. You know, that's just the thing. I'm sure if you ask Tim Cook what he thinks about the iPod, he'd tell you he loves the iPod. Are there many iPods in the lineup? Is the iPod getting the attention this summer? <laughs> you know, well, I'm sure uh, Tim Cook loves the uh, Clickwheel iPod. Apple doesn't sell it anymore. You know, I'm sure there's people at Apple who love the Apple too. You know, just because Apple says they like something, they love it, whatever. I mean, Steve Jobs said the iPod would never play video. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know these people are known to lie. So I mean. Or I don't think that's a lie. I mean, I, I'm sure he loves the Mac Mini. Doesn't mean that they're going to waste time making more of them. I love the G4 Cube. Doesn't mean Apple should keep making it. So you know, well, I, the reason I, I they didn't make it in the first place is the thing was a little buggy, and you had the cracks crap, around yeah. the circular edges of the plastic 
case because the fabrication was kind of imperfect and it was kind of underpowered and a little bit too small for certain types of upgrades and nobody wanted it because it was too expensive. I can give you a hundred reasons why the Power Mac Cube failed. And I said at the time when I reviewed it for, I think, CNET, this, I was quoting an old Indiana Jones movie, this computer belongs in a museum. Proximity-sensitive switch. It was so easy, my wife would be cleaning it. We had one for review for a few weeks. My wife would be dusting it, and the thing goes off. You know, with a Mac Mini, I still don't think, even if we realize Apple will say things for marketing messages, why they'd even mention the iMac. I mean, the Mac Mini. Why I keep saying iMac. Why they keep mentioning the Mac Mini if there wasn't something there. I don't think Apple says anything unless there's something behind it. It's not whether you criticize something or you say you're never going to do something. There's a message there. They're trying to tell you something. And they're telling us that this is not a dead computer. For why mention it? They're not talking about the MacBook Air. There's no comment saying, we love the MacBook Air, which had a very tepid upgrade last year, and we have no idea if there'll ever be another one. They didn't say, we love the MacBook Air or anything. That's why I think there's a marketing message behind that, that something is in the pipeline. And it might be, as you say, the ultimate small computer, smaller than a Apple TV 4K. I just gave that as an example because it's less than four inches. That's all. We're about to run out of time. Any ideas about what we'll see with the operating systems? Other than the rumor that Apple will cut back on new features to clean up the rough edges. I hope it's true. I, I would like an easy summer, and there's a lot of rough edges there. Now, one interesting feature that I hope we see is that uh, there's supposedly going to be some features in iOS 12 to help limit how much you use your devices, which I, I think uh, this world desperately needs. So I hope, uh, hope that's there, and I hope it's good. <laughs> well, of course, that's going to respond to the reports that people are addicted to their iPhones. And I can see the point because in my travels, I see people walking in the street and even teens. And the first thing they taught me when I was a kid, look both ways when you cross the street. Now kids are looking one way down. Josh Sanders, where can we find more of your stuff? Uh, My articles, as always, on tidbits.com. You can buy my books at takecontrolbooks.com. And uh, if you're feeling brave, you can follow me on Twitter. At Jay Centers, J-C-E-N-T-E-R-S. You can find us on Twitter if you are so inclined. Look for Tech Night Owl. The three words together, no spaces on the lines or any of those things. Tech Night Owl on Twitter. On Facebook, there's a guy named Gene Steinberg with the red plaid shirt. And I still have that shirt. I mean, it's not really good for summer when it gets to 120 in the shade in Arizona. But I still have that. We also have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called the Paracast. We'll be talking this week on Paracast.com with Greg Bishop. Look him up on Twitter or Facebook or Google. He's an interesting character. We're going to talk about lots of weird events, not just things in the sky flying, but all sorts of weird events like speech from the dead. Hmm? EVP, you can look that up too. Paracast.com, that's Paracast.com. Best version of this show 
is, of course, the one you get when you subscribe to Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com. What we offer is a version of the show free of the network ads with better quality audio for subscription rates starting at just $1.49 a week. Our price, cheap. Remember what magazine used to say that? Mad Magazine. You got it. Plus.technightowl.com. Josh Sanders, you and I may be totally wrong by next week, but who cares? Thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me again. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.